0: Kia ora Wellington, you're listening to Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM and the show is B-Side Stories. I'm Ruth Croft, I'm here this afternoon with... Perrine. Hi Perrine, how
1: are you? Yeah, I'm good, well I'm goodish. As we talked about before, we've both had a... (laughs) Not feeling it really today.
0: It's it's that time of the year everybody, so if you're listening in live this afternoon, I hope you're having a lovely... A sunny afternoon, if you're driving home, enjoy the show. Perrine's got a wonderful guest on this afternoon. So yes. Perrine, tell us who you're talking to.
1: I am talking to Jem Yoshioka, who is a local illustrator, storyteller, comic and blogger. Probably other things as well, but we can get on to that. And what about the second half of the show? Uh, the second half of the show, I've got a great guy coming
0: in. He's going to be talking all about... Bees and sustainability and uh, cool stuff that he is developing to help make New Zealand a bee haven. So, hang in there, everybody. Stay listening.
1: Yeah, celebrate bees. Good for us, right? <laughs> um, okay, but let's go back to Jim Kiota. Jim, welcome to B Sides. Kiota Perrin, thanks for having me. Um, most welcome. I was, um, we met a few months ago and as soon as we put the pieces together, I was like, Ooh, you've got to come on B-side stories. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. So, um, you, are, so in my intro, I said that you're an illustrator storyteller, comic. That probably came across like the wrong kind of comic, eh? I mean comic <laughs> artist, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
2: a blogger. Anything else
1: that you want to add in there or?
2: I think that's, um, that's a pretty good summary of, of what I'm up to at the moment.
1: Um, and you have got heaps of work online. Mm. Um, and you're kind of, I guess I would say, a Yeah, you're just a very talented multimedia artist. (laughs) Um, And with all your work online, just looking through it all, it's all quite diverse. How do you kind of physically create your work to start with?
2: Um, At the moment, it's all 100% digital. So I, yeah, I I sort of will make a little script myself and then I will uh, thumbnail it out. Um, So I sort of will sketch all of the... The pictures very, very fast and small, yeah. um, and then from there I will sort of space, space them out onto their own pages, and um, then create the you know the sketch from there, and then um, yeah, ink and color and stuff. So yeah, it's all a hundred percent digital. Um, I used to uh, sort of more and more of my technique over the last um, let's say five ten years has moved to digital. So the, f- the very first comic that um, that I made, I was I would, you know, th- write thumbnail and sketch all on paper, and then I would um, just do finishing touches digitally, and so that meant that there was a lot of, like, a lot of drawing, a lot of scanning, a lot of. Uh, quite time consuming process around that and but yeah over time each bit sort of moved over to digital um and the last bit that I was still sort of fervently doing with um on paper was um was thumbnails um and then um but they, they moved over about a year ago so yeah I do them all on my iPad now mm. so
1: how do you keep up with all the you know the changing ways you can do things or how do you learn your new techniques?
2: Um, I, I guess I I keep an eye out for what other people are using around me, and if something seems interesting, then I'll um, I'll do a bit of research into it, and I might experiment for a while and see if it works well and incorporates into my workflow. So I'm always looking to streamline the way that I work in order to be able to uh, maximize how much output I can. You know, as um, I'm working on a a webcomic, and so by doing, um, by having a, a regular schedule, I have um, not, not necessarily corner-cutting, but, um, you know, if I can make techniques that will speed up the process for me, then that's, um, you know, that saves me a lot of time. So, um, yeah, so I'm always looking for sort of new little, little tips and tricks to speed up my process. Yeah.
1: Are you in, the, like, is there a bit of a community
2: of comic artists that you kind of work with? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, my best friend also makes comics, so it's mostly me and her, um, who who I'm the closest with. But, yeah, there's a sort of wider community on Twitter and, um, yeah, and, and a few other places as well. But, yeah, it's sort of me and my best friend sharing our own little little, little trade secrets with each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, and...
1: You mentioned your webcomic, mm. and when when I met you, you said you had how many followers for your webcomic? Uh,
2: it's 43,000 Okay, that was what I thought, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um it does seem like a lot. Um, it's not a number that really fits very easily in my head. Um, it's definitely the most popular thing I've ever made. Hmm. Um, previously, I've you know I've been able to get you know a good thousand people or so to look at a thing, but you know the idea of of you know forty thousand eyes regularly tuning in to, to look at my work is a little bit um, a little bit daunting in a way. Um, yeah. yeah. So
1: what is the web web comic um, and what happens in it and hmm. What do you know about your audience as well?
2: Um, yep. Yeah, so, um, the the comic is called Circuits and Veins. It's a sort of soft science fiction story. I think is is sort of how I describe it. So it's very kind of domestic slice of life sort of um, sort of setting, using using a lot of science fiction tropes to tell the story. Um, and I was interested in telling this kind of story using science fiction because a lot of the time when we tell stories about androids or robots, we often will use um, like feminine coded characters to tell these stories. And so they often end up as horror stories, as this sort of weird uh, alien unknowable other um, that you should be afraid of. Um, and then the, then the fact that they're layered with all of these sort of feminine traits quite often is... Um, is i think a a huge problem and so i wanted to tell a story where the the robots and androids are still quite often feminine coded but it's not a scary thing and it's not something that's come to the sort of you know that's unknowable or here to take off, over your life it's you know it's just a part of everyday life so telling a more friendly and more um more inclusive story around around androids and sort of breaking down some of those stereotypes around um Around the way that that um androids and science fiction are often portrayed was uh, was quite important to me mm. so
1: yeah. do you feel like you have a good um
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: what do I want to ask here? <laughs> Do you feel connected with androids, or do you feel like their story just needs to be broadened? Or? Um,
2: I, I think there's there's definitely a connection there, and that they're often um, they're often others, and so as as a person with um, sort of mixed Japanese heritage, um, that's you know I've, I find myself sort of wandering that line a lot. Um, you know, I think anyone that's that's sort of been on the outside of um, of community groups or has sort of felt like they have that. Um, yeah, that sort of potential to be um, marginalised for some reason, and so, um, so I really didn't want the being an Android to be a stand-in for any specific kind of um, kind of other marginalisation. So it's not like Android equals queer or equals um, equals you know any other kind of oppression, but um, but it's sort of its own thing. But there's you know there's certain elements of oppression that that. Reflect in in many ways, so I wanted to sort of tell stories like that, yeah, including those sorts of things.
1: Mm. Is that kind of stop me if I'm <laughs> way off track here? Kind of a response to um, you know when there are really gross wars and people kind of dehumanise other people as a way to you know feel okay about hurting them, whereas. When I think about androids, I don't mm. necessarily think of them as having any kind of feelings or human responses. Mm. Can you? Can yeah, you take so one? it's
2: yeah, very much so. Like I think, like a lot of a lot of the way that androids are used in science fiction is to is to sort of justify that mistreatment of the other. So yeah, so by humanizing by rehumanizing an Android, yeah, you sort of can take that power away from those sorts of stories. Right, because yeah. there's
1: always that thing that it came from humans.
2: Yeah. Um, and mostly mm. I mostly I talk about it in the story as, you know, well, you can choose what part of humanity that you, you want to reflect. <laughs> and so why do we choose yeah, why do we choose like the logic part when you could choose empathy? Mm. Yeah. You could build a computer based on empathy <laughs> if you wanted. <laughs> I don't quite know how that would work, but I'm <laughs> sure that there are scientists who do. Yeah, someone out there, get working on yeah. that.
1: <laughs> um, and I so early on in the webtoon, there is uh, a storyline about kind of workers' rights for the androids, mm. and that, that <laughs> seems to be something close to your heart.
2: Yeah, yeah, I am um, definitely um, have, have spent a bit of time in and around the union movement, um, and that's... Um, yeah, that's definitely something that I'm um, I'm passionate about, and so you know I think if, if we you had an Android workforce, one of the things that that um, you know working out how how to pay them, if you will, I, I also wanted to have a story that was set not um, that was set after um, determining that that they that androids were conscious beings because I feel like that story gets told a lot. So then it's like, well, now we have to work out what that means. Mm. And so, you know, it means you have to pay them and it means you have to like give them rights to do stuff. But yeah. how, do you, how do you make that happen?
1: Yeah. So I guess is this is kind of a place for you to, your work in general is a place for you to explore heaps of ideas that are going around in your head.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think that's that's one of the really cool things about about having um having a, a long running webcomic like this is that there's space for me to play with quite a few um a few important themes to me. Mm. Yeah.
1: How long have you been going?
2: Um I've been writing it since July of last year, uh, publishing it online since July of last year, and I've been working on the idea since I think about 2013 or 2014. So I spent quite a long time thinking and planning what sorts of things I wanted to tell and how I actually wanted the story to be structured. It took a long time to actually come to a point where I actually even had a plot to work with because I was very much in the weeds um trying to work out what what sort of you know how best to um to shape the the overall plots that I wanted to be dealing with. Mm. Mm.
1: That sounds um
2: like it would
1: be really tempting having a platform as you do, like with your website and everything, that you could just jump straight into it and then be like, oh, I haven't developed
2: enough. <laughs> Rewind. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was quite cautious about wanting to jump into such a big project because I knew once I started that it was going to be um, it probably between you know at least two years of work if not more than that. So I wanted to be very sure of where I was going with it before I before I made that commitment. Um, so I was doing a lot more of experimenting with um my illustration style. I did a lot of short form um and and autobio comics to try and find um my voice in terms of what kind of story I wanted to be telling and how I wanted to tell them. um yeah, so mostly i, I yeah, I just didn't feel ready really for um for going back into long form web comics, mm. so it's been yeah, it was good to take my time to get to the point um and then pretty much um. The last bit was tricky, like knowing when to start um, after you've worked on something for so long. And it's been, you know, it's been in, on the back burner, you know, for such a long time. Like, at what point do you actually say that this project is happening? Um, and, yeah, that there's actually enough there to to go on. And so that's that was the trickiest point, I think, to be like, actually, there's enough now. I can start. Yeah. And. And people seem to agree.
1: So yeah. what do you know about your audience? Do you know?
2: Um, I mean the, the, the platform that I use to share my webcomic on is called Webtoon. Um and so this is a, a public website that anybody can upload their webcomic to. Um it does sort of have a a slant towards I guess sort of more sort of manga anime style um stories, a lot of romance stories. Um but there's, there's sort of stuff across all sorts of genres. So um yeah, my, my best friend was uploading her comic there and was getting a, um, quite a bit of attention. So I yeah would, thought it would be a good place for me to put mine um, because previously I've uploaded all of my work just to my personal website and that's not really that connected into mm. the way that other people interact with comics. So by putting it where comics are, where people go to look for comics, it becomes a part of their, you know, th- it becomes a part of their day. And there's actually a really nice app that people have on their phones so they actually get a notification when I update, which is cool. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, there's there's not much that I can know about my audience apart from... Um, what they tell me directly, so quite often they'll leave little comments underneath and um, about you know, and you can get sort of hints at their life. But I would say they're probably mostly teenage girls, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so and they, they send me fan art and write me letters and stuff, which is really cute and
0: sweet. Is there any age limit to uh, anyone being able, being able to submit stuff to that site?
2: Um, I can't remember. I would have to check the the um... Fine print on the thing.
1: Yeah. Um, And so you produce every two weeks, right?
2: Um, Yeah, I'm trying for every week at the moment, but um, yeah, getting about like, you know, about sort of eight or nine days is, um, yeah, so about every week and a half at the moment. Yeah, trying to speed up a little. (laughs) Yeah. And um, do you have a
1: kind of end in mind? Or I don't yeah. want to jump the gun here, but say what you want.
2: Uh, yeah, I do have I do have a um, an end in mind. Um, this was always um, a spe- there's always a specific story that I wanted to tell with these characters, mm-hmm. um, and and in this world. So I was looking forward to, um, yeah. So once I've once I've reached that conclusion with them, that'll be that'll be it for them. And um, yeah, I'm not sure how I'm going to feel because yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> It's a bit strange to, to think about it um, like that because they do become you know quite real people when you're when you're sort of writing them every day and um, you know every every week you've got you've got a little bit more of their life that you're sharing with people. Um, I actually have a comment on on. Um, my last update that I just, um, that I put up last night and it's literally somebody giving relationship advice to my character, <laughs> which is the most adorable thing. I'm like, you know, she's not real, right? Like, <laughs> <but> she's just, <laughs> like, being like, no. Oh, but it's, relationships
1: it's, are it's, hard, yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs>
0: So <laughs> is this something my 13-year-old daughter would like?
2: Ah, uh, most, most likely, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so do you have... You know how there's this thing now, fan fiction. Mm-hmm. So my daughter's all into this fan fiction stuff, right? She's been writing, 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 writing her own stories based on um, Anne with an E. Mm-hmm. Do you get the similar sort of thing with your stuff?
2: Um, I've gotten I've gotten quite a bit of fan art. Um, I had one person ask me if I accepted fan fiction, but um, they didn't actually send anything to, anything through to me. I've got um, some people have sent me poems. Um, yeah. Um but mostly mostly um drawings, like they'll send me through um pictures that they've drawn of my characters, which is um the best thing. It is absolutely <laughs> the best. <laughs> yeah. Um including my um my twelve year old cousin who um yeah, she drew yeah. my characters for me and it was Yeah, um,
1: my daughter's so into that. <laughs> yeah. So as well as the um webcomic, you've got all kinds of other stuff. You've got the um Forgotten Home mm. and Missed Connections and your Japan comics, among others. Can you just give us a bit of a rundown of for people who haven't seen them mm. about those three? Or
2: um, yeah, sure. I mean, the the Japan series um, was was something that I put together over a couple of years, um, and it was based on um, one moment. With it, yeah, it all sort of started to come out of this one moment where I wanted to wear my kimono to my friend's wedding, Um, and I have this beautiful kimono that my grandmother gave me as a graduation present, and it's all, like, real silk, you know, vintage, um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful kimono, and um, I'd folded it up to, you know, would take it out and show it off when I got it, and then I folded it up and promptly put it in a drawer and, you know, moved it around with me, but haven't really had a reason to... Use it because where do you wear a kimono? Like, there's not really many occasions, sadly, that are kimono appropriate. Um Which, yeah, which is is sad. So I, yeah. So when I, I when I unravelled it too. To look at it after it had been wrapped up for so long, um, it w- I hadn't folded it quite perfectly up when I'd when I'd had it, so it had all of these creases and things just in the in the silk, and I didn't want to, I didn't trust myself to iron it. I didn't trust myself to like, I didn't trust anyone else to touch it. So um, I was like, how do I how do I like get these creases out? And I very much felt like this whole metaphor of this um, of my sort of interaction and appreciation of my heritage was sort of wrapped up in these creases and this kimono. So um, so I, I did a um, very angsty painting of it as a as a sort of scrunched up piece of material where it sort of ended up looking like a heart. And um, yeah, and so then I, I sort of took a lot of that and ended up turning it into into quite a raw comic about yeah my interaction with my heritage and the complicated ways that that can feel. And uh, like people loved it. Like I just, um, I was really nervous about sharing something so personal, and so I was like, no one's gonna, no one's gonna look at this. They're gonna think it's so strange. Like, uh, but it it ended up resonating a lot with people, and um, I got a lot of messages from other other mixed people who have who were from more than one place about what it meant to them to have that feeling summed up in a way that they could mm. understand and. Um, yeah, it was just um yeah, so I, I ended up doing a few more around that, um around that concept for the next couple of years. Um so sort of different aspects of me um coming to terms with or, you know, exploring different parts of my heritage. So it was kind of everything from yeah, from these sort of more dramatic, um dramatic things to sort of silly stuff like when I went to Japan. Um and I just kept seeing my dad's face everywhere. I just love that one. Everywhere. It's just like all <laughs> the men I just walk past and it's like it's and then there's another family member and another one. And yeah, it was um it was very bizarre because it's, it's I don't see him anywhere <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. You know. Um and I don't think about him as being that Japanese looking, but obviously he is. <laughs> so um yeah, so that was yeah and then the other one's um the misconnections was a piece about um sort of like playing around with very very short fiction and short fiction that was um and like like with her with little um sort of technology overlays so it was sort of ideas around um you know what happens when you when you break up with someone but you still share a Netflix account and... Um, <laughs> and These things need yeah, to be explored at exactly. this I mean, stage. <laughs> yeah.
1: A lot of your work seems to go into that uh, relation, how we are changing relationships with technology mm. and that kind of thing. Um, do you... And your style also changes quite a lot. Like, visually, mm-hmm. some of it is very, like you said, the kind of more manga-inspired and then... Others is a bit more kind of, blah, here I am. (laughs) God, that's a good description. (laughs) Um, A bit more (sighs) kind of rough, I guess, or, Mm. you know, in a cool way. Um, And so I'm just wondering, with your different styles, do you... Is that dictated by the story that you're telling as well? So, are you telling something with the image or is it just the way you want it to look at that particular time?
2: Um, I, I definitely would say the, the style that I use to tell a story would is influenced by how I want it to, um, yeah, how it looks as is, is a part of the storytelling. So um so if if I'm using a sketchier or a looser style, there's a there's usually a reason behind that.
1: That's good. Um, sketchier or ske- looser style. <laughs> I'll remember that for next time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, and if I'm going for something that's more refined or more specific, um, you know, it's because I want to I want that feeling to exist in a yeah, it needs to be more um easily comprehended um in, in that kind of a way. So um, yeah, so that's it's definitely a consideration. I do also just like to experiment with different styles. So, um, so when I'm playing around with different story telling ideas, like I'll play around for a while to see what sticks in terms of what's visually striking. But it's always the the core of comics is always like what's um, what's the core of the story that I'm trying to tell, mm-hmm. and how can I really make sure that that comes across both in the words that I use and in the pictures in the way that these things correspond together. So it's often sort between the it's the relationship between the words and the pictures where um where I think comics can be really magic. So there's um you know there's the moments where um where something happens and um and then I can leave it on a sort of a, a mo like a you know a picture that really will resonate with someone or just like a phrase that juxtaposed with that picture. Gives you a completely different sense of what it is that I'm actually trying to say. You know, it says one thing, but in the context means another. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's definitely something that I, I really like to um, to play around with, especially when I'm doing my more sort of almost poetic t- type um, sort of short comics. Mm.
1: Yeah, and there's a real kind of sense of nostalgia in a lot of them that I think you're playing with with that.
2: Yeah, for sure, yeah, especially when you're going through, um, you know, talk, talking about your heritage and your family and those sorts of things, it's, um, yeah, important to, to make sure that it's represented in a way that that works, yeah. <laughs> and um,
1: just the, so when I first came across your work, it was in the book Three Words, mm-hmm. an anthology of Aotearoa New Zealand women's comics, and um, so that was kind of a project that. How did it work? You got. Were you approached or did you? Um, submit I think I submitted. To, yeah.
2: Yeah, it was a while ago now. Pretty sure I submitted. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, it came about because there was a history of New Zealand comics that got put together um, by a by a, a, a different um, group of people. And of the 20-something people, I think they'd found about two women <laughs> to talk about across the course of apparently, you know, this was the most comprehensive sort of collection of New Zealand comic history. Um, and so that obviously pissed off a lot of women. like And when, probably yeah. people. Yeah, people yeah. in general. <laughs> um, they, you missed out on a lot of historically very important names as well as yeah. um as well as um, contemporary names, so um, yeah, so the project came out of that, and then um, then the the idea behind it was you submitted a short comic around anything. there wasn't really a theme for that, and then you were given three words um, you you and you put in three words and then you made a comic based on those three words, yeah, so
1: yeah, and so how was how did you find having to respond to someone else's three words um
2: It's it's quite fun. I mean, it's it is. I do quite like playing this sort of exquisite corpse kind of um, game where you know you give. um, Which, if you don't know, no, (laughs) it's it's um, an old dadaist concept where you would, where you all, um, everyone who's playing, throws a whole bunch of names into a hat and then you pull out sort of say two or three and say you pull out the word exquisite and you pull out the word corpse, which is actually how they named the game as well right. and then you you draw something based on yeah. those concepts or um yeah another one is uh, that kids often play as you know you draw the head um of a picture and then uh, fold yeah, it over yeah. and then someone else draws the body and yeah. the feet so um and then you unfold it and it's this crazy thing that doesn't work <laughs> yeah. so um yeah or it so does or does it yeah <laughs> so i always find it quite fun you know playing those sorts of yeah, yeah.
1: so you you were ready and prepared yeah yeah mm. um, we are unfortunately to the end of our time today but I can where can people come and look at your work
2: um, the the easiest place to, to go is um, is my website so that's um, gemshed.com, that's jemshe dcom um, and you can find me on Twitter at Jim Yosh
1: Cool.
0: Fantastic, thanks Jim. Thank and we're going uh, to a song now That Jim's chosen Make Me Feel, Janelle Monáe We'll be back soon with, an- with another great interview So stay tuned on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM
3: yeah. Baby, don't make me spell it out for you. All of the feelings that i got for you can't be explained but i can try for you yeah baby don't make me spell it out for you you keep on asking me the same questions why and second guessing all my intentions should know by the way i use my compression that you got the answers to my confessions it's like i'm power Mess me up, yeah, but no one does it better. There's nothing better. That's just the way you make me feel. That's just the way you make me feel. That's just the way you make me feel. just the way So good, so, so fucking real. Uh-huh. That's just the way you make me feel. That's just the way you make me feel. That's just the way you make me feel. So please don't stop it. Gonna be riding in your jeans, pocket right mm-hmm. Laying your body on the shelf.